Focus on the skills, so skill acquisition and learning over salary. So that was like for work, I would take a job that paid more, but I would not focus on like, what is the skills that I'm learning? So really focus on that and understanding the skill development because you compound those skills over time. Sure, you can make an extra $10,000 a year with a job or whatever, but if you're not gaining skills, you know, you're maybe not you know, your upside could be by learning this, this, and this, you maybe make a little bit less money, but your upside could be a whole bunch more on the back end, right? So focus really on skill development and make those decisions based off of that. Welcome back to the leadership. My name is Richard Hortness, and this week's guest is Craig Vetter. Craig is a fantastic human being. The guy is all about stories, is deeply immersed in personal development, and really his biggest asset is his non-traditional story. He's become a coach to hundreds of people and really his impact does radiate out. Running with Craig on a weekly basis, you hear a lot of how he's immersed himself into this world of personal and professional development and he's really taken on this role as a coach and a leader for the community that he's built up around him. I'm really excited to share this with you. I hope you enjoy it too. Let's dive in. Ready? I yeah, answer questions. We're always ready, man. So how you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm really good, good Rick. I'm good, yeah. man. Um, so Craig, like I've known you for how long now? Two years, three years? Yeah, probably two years, two years. And two years. and the fun the fun thing about I've our seen you for three years, but I haven't known you for that, but two years. Fair enough. Yeah, there you go. So I think it was about two years ago. We, um, we kind of on a whim or through a connection, our, our buddy, Dave, like, um, we went for a, a hit, we went to go hit the stairs in town and we went up to like, I've never met you before, rolled up to your front door. I'm like, Hey, let's go. Here we go. And we spent the next like hour and a half just talking. Um, and I think that that really set up like you're in my relationship. Cause it, it really was like an eye opener for me that like, this Craig Vetter guy seems to know a lot about the things that are firing me up too. And it was really cool. Um, so can you give the people that are listening a little bit of background on yourself? Where do you want me to start? <laughs> Where How far back? Like in regards to like, like the stuff that we connect with or just my whole life? Like, no, like, <laughs> so like when I was born if in. You had no. to, if you had to introduce yourself to somebody like in, in a semi-professional sense, like who is Craig Vetter? I think I'm passionate about helping people. And I mean, my big thing now that I'm is really passionate about helping, like I work with mortgage brokers and I help them build businesses. And I think underlining that that's just the avenue that I've chosen, but I'm really passionate about like personal development, like self mastery, self growth, as well as helping people become successful. So that is really what I'm passionate about. And the business is focused on mortgage brokers and building business. That's how I kind of make my money but it's all about helping people out and, and i'm really passionate about that and helping them to be better become better people and just learn and educate and i just very very passionate about that yeah so so where did that start from i you know what i i always tell a story like i i i, I don't know i mean growing up and stuff like that school was not important to me it wasn't anything i valued 
Um, I, I don't know if this is going out to high school kids, but I never graduated high school. Not something I'm proud of, but it's something that was the reality of the situation. It just wasn't a focus with my parents being split up and coming from a split household. And it was, it was a tough, it was a challenge growing up and there was more important things going on in my life and my world. So school wasn't a priority. And I remember my one buddy told me, and this was, he, he's a teacher now and stuff like that, but he told me is don't stop reading. So whatever you do, like, it doesn't matter. You don't finish school. Don't do whatever. Just don't stop reading. And I think from there, what I took is that kind of, you know, and, and since moving on, I've learned it. It's really a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Like, so I never graduated high school. I could have said, okay, that's the end of me. I can't become anything. I'm going to go work as a garbage man or, or whatever it may be. Like not that garbage man or bad people, but you think some roles or stuff like that, that you're just limited as you go on. It's going to be a labor role. You're going to be digging ditches for the rest of your life. And that's the end of it. Yeah. And I think what I realize is that if I can learn and read books and educate myself, I can become a better person. And I didn't know where the upside or where the potential led, but I think that was it. And the more you read about it, the more you learn about a lot of other successful people, they didn't go to university, they didn't graduate. And there's a whole bunch of people and mentors that you can look up to. Yeah. And so that kind of took my fell in love with reading and learning and yeah, becoming a better person. So, so your buddy, like, have you ever talked to him about how that one kind of sentence impacted you? I actually, we, I mean, I've told him a couple of times, but not in depth in a while. So that was like a while, I mean, a while ago, but he, he did have a big impact. I'm wondering, actually, that's now I should, I'll reach out to Christian tomorrow. Well, you know what? Like, so say that I was him and, and we're doing it right now, right? What kind of message would you try and share with him? Because obviously like that was super insightful for him as a young dude to even know that that was the next step, right? Um, and so let's, let's, let's role play it. Let's play it out. Right let's now. Role play. So if yeah. I was him, what would you say? What would you say to me? I would just say, thank you very much for, I guess, for believing in me and having hope that it's not the end of the line and that there's hope in so much more future potential if you commit yourself. And I think I would say, thank you so much for that. And I appreciate it. And that allowed me to go down the path of not giving up on myself or my life. And I've known him for, I mean, we've still been friends for, for years. So he's seen me kind of you know, what's happened with my life and my career and stuff like that. So, I, I mean, I, I probably have, but I would just say thank you so much, Christian, for that. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. It's, yeah, uh, and you've had a big impact on my life uh, in many ways. Yeah. That's, that's cool. He, he, I'll just tell this, uh, he came from Chile. So with the, when his dad was actually a political prisoner and had went through a lot of stuff, stuff. So I learned a lot of lessons about life and how to have gratitude and stuff, because, you know, he always said is like when food's in front of you, he'd say, eat as fast as you can, as much as you can, because you never know when your next meal's coming, kind of joking around like that and seeing they didn't have much at all, but they had everything and their family. So a lot of lessons that were learned there and that, they didn't put the limitations on their life because of what their past was. And, and I think that that it was instilled in me as well. So that, and then just read, 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 learn, 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 educate, educate, educate. And they could take everything away from you, but they can't take, the, you know, your mind. Right. So it's pretty smart. It is deep. It's kind of, yeah. So, <laughs> but anyways, that, yeah, but I would say, thank you. I'd say, thank you so much for the impact it's had. I would be so grateful for it. Yeah. yeah man. I am so grateful for it. Well, and you know, the best part now, you can just totally cop out and just send them this episode of the podcast <laughs> and you'll just be sad. Yeah, I have to reach out. <laughs> you can just send it on, on over. Hey, I talked about you today on this show. Yeah. Um, so after you finished, well, after you finished with school and you, you moved on, you were living where at this point in time? I was living in Sarnia, Ontario. 
Okay. And so when you're in Sarnia, you, you get done with your schooling and then um, the next place that I know that you existed was in Edmonton. So what was, what was the real jump? How, like, what did you do after your school? And then how did you end up at Edmonton? Oh, so, um, basically after like Sarnia, what was happening? So here's another thing with me is I was working at Mark's Warehouse and I was playing soccer and didn't really know what I want to do with my life and kind of was looking, okay, do I finish school? What do I do? And I had a lot of people who were going away that I was playing soccer with going away to university or college and coming back to Sarnia and working kind of jobs that I was working and stuff like that. And they didn't know what they want to do with their life. So I'm like, why am I going to go to school for four years? If I'm, you know, we're in the same kind of position, it, it didn't really equate to me. And my dad was a big believer in get education and stuff like that, but he was also a big believer in not wasting your time if you don't know what you're going to do or your money. So um, at that point, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go back to Edmonton because that's where I kind of grew up. So I spent the, you know, most of my years in Edmonton. So I went back there to be around friends. I was planning on actually going to college to get us like I could have went to college and got a soccer scholarship and played like the coach could vouch for me, yeah. but I ended up getting a job and I get a job at a warehouse and it was kind of starting out. And within, I think it was eight months after getting the job in the warehouse, they moved me up to customer service. So, and then from there I ended up getting a sales job. So within a year and a half, I was out on the road doing a sales job similar to what my dad had done for 25 years of his life. So I had a, I had a good paycheck. I had a company car I had an expense account and I had freedom and I was 20, I think I was 23 years old or 24 years old at that point, 23 years old. And I, as I was telling the story to one of my, one of my clients last week who was from Edmonton and I had, I had a one card. So at university, you know, you get your, your cards that you can use access to the gym and everything like that. Yeah, so yeah. one of my friends, actually the same friend was dating the register of the school. And so he had access, he's going to get in big trouble for this, but, <laughs> but I, I used to be able to get in, I'd go work out at the gym and I basically lived a university life while working a full-time job and stuff like, except for I didn't right. go to any classes, right. but I would, you know, hang out at the, the bars, hang out with the people, do stuff. Like I played, I played actually once in the U of A alumni soccer game for the <laughs> alumni team. Like, cause I was just, you're I was there, around. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. So I was there. So I knew everybody and stuff like that. And that was kind of, yeah, that was the life. So that's amazing. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, you still, and really like your, your education is just the non-traditional route. And I mean, I've had students that are like you that have come into my leadership class that have shown up, but like not shown up and then kind of get there and then all of a sudden disappear for a whole month and then come back. And we do this self-evaluation at the very end of the year. And one of the guys that I taught was was really insightful. And I think he's kind of like you. He's just like, school, it's not for me. I can learn what I need to doing work. I can learn what I need to um, reading books, listening to podcasts, watching things on YouTube. And this traditional model just isn't cutting it. And, you know, the reflection that he brought into that, I think, is is kind of on the same path as you like this guy for sure is not going to be um, in trouble in his future, right? He's just not your normal school student. And, you know, when you're living your college life, and you're having fun, and you're at the university, but you're getting your education on the road in sales, right? You're learning a lot about like how to talk to people, what things do you have to do personally to be successful in your job. Um, so you just had an education that was just through a different route. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would agree 100%. It was just, I mean, and I, I would never say do it that way because there's too many risks. So like if I was mentoring someone, I'd say get as much education as possible, but don't stop learning. 
right? So get that baseline. Like I always wish I would have went back because it would open up more opportunities. You know, the old thing on the resume, it used to be, and I think it's changed a little bit now, but it was, if you didn't have a degree, then they wouldn't even look at you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that was the case that I always battled with in the jobs. Like people, a lot of people want to hire me, but because I didn't have a degree, then it was just not an option. And so that was some of the things that I gave up. But, you know, I look at that as if I would have did that, I would have taken probably a different route than what I took now. So, you know, I always look back because whatever it was, things happen for a reason and I'm in the place I am, which is a great place to be. So I can't really complain, right? But yeah, I mean, it was the, the going through that because I was working a job that a lot of people when they're like 40s, mid 40s, would they were desirable jobs. And I was 23 years old and I was meeting with, influential people in different companies and working with them and i was getting training paid training i learned so much through the organization that i worked with because they invested a lot. i was very fortunate to work in an organization that invested a lot of money in their people as well so that made right. a big difference yeah so yeah and that i mean that obviously does make a difference for for your own like cultural growth now um and the cultures that you're trying to bring up and and you're instilling in your in your clients and through the teamwork that you're you're instilling in them but we've still got to get to that point. So sorry, I apologize. That's taking a long time. See, no, you're good. <laughs> no, it's it's me. I, I enjoy the the pro the process so far. So then, at a certain point, you leave the sales job and you become your own boss, um, and you start a business, right? Yeah. So what was that all about? So I was just sick of traveling because I was on the road quite a bit. Uh, and my last year in sales, I think I was up in Northwest Territories like 14 times one year. And I was based out of Edmonton and flying up to Yellowknife. And it was cool. I got to go to the Diamond Mines and it was a really cool experience. But the travel was just a lot. I was uh, brand new married with my my wife, Christine. And I was a couple of years in, I think three years in. I was just, And I was just sick of the travel, sick of being on the road, sick of always being gone. And we heard about one of our friends actually told us about this industry that was coming up and it was meal preparations. So people come into your, this was the small time, people come into your house, you buy a whole bunch of meals, you make them and then people take them away and you get paid X amount of dollars. Right. Okay. And then Christine is like, well, that's pretty cool. Cause I loved food. I like food. I still love, love food. I'm passionate about food. Yeah. And uh, so basically we looked into it and Christine's like, well, if we're going to do this, why don't we do it right and get a commercial space? And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And my wife's an accountant, by the way. So okay. that make, makes it easier because it wasn't just me doing it. If it would have been like that, probably never would have happened. So there was some organization behind it in regards to the business planning. Like I learned a lot about that stuff that I didn't know, okay. So which Christine was extremely good at. So business planning, um, budgeting, getting financing, everything. So we looked, we found a place. We ended up opening up a place. We invested basically all the cash we had, all the money we had available, invested all in the business and hope that it would work out. And it, it wasn't a lot of money, but it was basically all we had. So that was kind of the risk there. And it was good. Like we opened it up and it took off right away. And I was working there and I was by myself. I had, I had two staff members at the start, but I thought it would be like, oh, casual days, no big deal. I'd just kind of hang out, do whatever and, you know, work a little bit, but it would be pretty relaxing. Yeah, yeah. Within the first two months, we were slammed. <laughs> and I remember like waking up and like three o'clock in the morning and wondering like, what, why did I, what did I do? Like, why did I make this decision? I was trying to do yoga to like relax and calm my mind and, you know, doing whatever I could to try and like alleviate the stress. And I didn't know about meditation at that point. I wasn't meditating, but it was very, very stressful for me. And it wasn't a stress because the financial, it was a stress of like, what did I get myself into? Like, this is awful. This lifestyle is not what I wanted to. 
Right. And then uh, I asked Christine because she had her own accounting practice. And I'm like, I need help. And she came in and she helped me set up systems and processes. And that was a big lesson for me in learning and, and my coaching practice studies all the time is set up systems and processes in the business. And from there, we just allowed us to do like 10 times as much as we were doing before a lot easier. And we kept it for five years and we had 17 staff members and we did very, very well. And yeah, it was phenomenal. And it was all built on systems and processes. And we would sit down and talk to the people at Startup Beach Shift and work with them and help support our people. And yeah, it was great. It was, uh, it was a great experience and we did very well. And we had somebody who worked in our store that wanted to buy the business and she ended up buying it from us. And so we, it was kind of, we always wanted to go to BC and we were based in Edmonton. And so we're like, how, well, how do we get to BC? And it was just a sign that someone wanted to buy the business. So we ended up moving to BC. Yeah. Anyway, so that was, that's what happened. So learned a lot of lessons about business, about, you know, systems, processes, and how to work with people. Yeah. At a, at a scalable level. Right. Okay. Well, that, I mean, and so you sell your business and then I still haven't heard anything about coaching. <laughs> so, yeah. So then I end up get coming here and one of my good friends here, whose brother I was good friends with in Edmonton, he ends up introducing me to It's a funny story. He goes, yeah, you got to meet my buddy, Carl. So, okay. So we go golfing and we go to, um, I forget the name of the golf course anyways, in, in Port Coquitlam or Port Moody, we're in a golf course up there, Westwood Plateau. And so we show up and he's like, Hey, you can meet my buddy, Carl. He's a good guy. Didn't tell me much about him. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. So then Carl shows up and he's got like, kind of like, he's cut off shorts on and a t-shirt rolls in. And I'm like, who is this guy? Like, I know Neil's a very professional guy. He actually is in high level leadership for, uh, 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 Ken Blanchard companies, which does fortune 500 companies, leadership training. Okay. Be a great guy for the podcast, by the way. But, uh, anyway, so we're, we just like meet him. And so I know he's, he surrounds himself with really cool people, interesting people. So, but Carl kind of shows up and we're just talking and, you know, I liked him right away cause he bought beers. So that was fantastic. So out of the gate, he's a good guy. And so we end up playing and we're golfing and he's, I'm kind of asking him what he does. And he's asking me about kind of stuff where I'm at with everything. And, it, you know, he tells me about coaching and he tells me about a bunch of other stuff and he doesn't really try and sell himself too much. He's really casual about it. And then I go to drop him off at the end of the game and he's got this blue Ferrari. And I'm like, like, he's like a blue car over there. I'm like that, that one, the Ferrari, the convertible. And he's like, yeah, that's mine. And he's kind of like a little embarrassed about it, but uh, it just, so we ended up hitting it off because we played around a golf and a couple of beers and we just end up talking and he's just like, you should really look at getting into this. And he was a coach for coaches and that was his business is he basically brought on coaches and helped them to develop and grow their own business. So we developed a relationship from there and he kind of got me into it. So I had somebody under, like he took me under his wing and mentored me to become a coach. And he saw a lot of the values and stuff that I had that would be beneficial and attributes and skills. And so he's like, buddy, you crush it at this. So I end up kind of taking on that and going from there. So that's how it kind of started out. That's amazing. Um, so my first actual question, which has nothing to do with this is where do you put golf clubs in a Ferrari? Uh, he had the back, it was like, there's not a back seat, but there's like a back area that he could put them in. Okay. Or was it the, tr it wasn't the trunk. It was the there front. is no trunk. It's in the, no, it's like, the, front. Trunk's yeah. the front of the car. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember what we did it in there or did he have rentals? No, he, no, he had, he put them in the back, but they were like terrible clubs. He didn't care about them. They were so funny. Throwaways and it was just so funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so with that, like, um, 
your coaching journey would have started with him. And so when you're, when you're learning how to become a coach, he must've had some kind of system and process in place to, to kind of get you onboarded. Um, how long did it take after you started going through like his schooling of whatever that would have been? How long did it take before you ended up finding yourself in the driver's seat with a client? A client? Or clients. Well, yeah, no, like it's so, I think, so, I mean, it took probably three months before I found my first, well, it's not true. I had, I had clients, but yeah, I should say I had clients right away. Okay. I reached out, but it wasn't the setup that I wanted. It was kind of like part-time help people out do stuff. So like hourly or whatever, which wasn't what I was looking for. And what his system was, is you get someone that's paying you monthly. So that's kind of what you want. You had a, a recurring revenue stream. So it's easier. So you don't have to worry about what your next, you know, paycheck or how you can put food on the table. So it probably took about three months really before I got my first real client from his system and what he was doing and kind of coaching like that. Okay. And I would say that's hundred percent me. It had nothing to do with him or the system. And this is what I've learned with everybody. When people talk to me about anything, it's really, it's you put up the, the blockages. It's, it's your own internal, you know, headspace, what you think. And you always make up these excuses in your mind instead of just taking action and, and, you know, helping people out, like just pick up the phone, call people and you're going to be successful. So yeah, but it's, yeah, probably took like three months before I got my first real good coaching client that was paying me consistently month to month. Okay. So just a question because it's come up before, like I've, I've looked at, uh, private coaching, uh, for myself, um, as, as a coach at one point when I was trying to figure out like what that model looks like, um, obviously my wife Darcy, she's super talented and has lots to share with the world. And, um, she has, um, she looked at like, well, maybe she could become a coach at one point. And so there's obviously a whole bunch of different models that are out there, but one of them being like, you're talking about going month to month and having people that are going to pay you every month. Um, the other one is to have that lump sum upfront payment. Um, what, so like the people that pay like, okay, upfront, you're going to give me 18 grand and that's a year commitment for you. But that's where, um, that's where they start. What's, what's the difference? What's better? What it, it, I think, I mean, it doesn't really matter. The one thing with that is usually get people committed upfront if they pay it. The fear with that is you lose people because a lot of people are scared to make that full Right. Annual commitment where if you just do a month to month and what I, I mean, the easiest way to do it was getting clients. If we're talking about that is like Carl was the one who kind of pitched this is my biggest thing is like first 30 days are hundred percent guaranteed. So if you're not fully satisfied, I'll fully refund your money in the first 30 days right. at any point in the 12 months, if you want to cancel, give me 30 days notice and I'll cancel it. And then at the end of the year, if I don't increase your revenue by double of what you're paying me, I'll give you all your money back. Whoa. So you make it like an impossible people can't like they'd be an, what we always say, they'd be an idiot not to take that. Right. Yeah. So when you put it like that, then it makes it really, really easy. Like how do you make it as easy as possible for people to get on board and in with it? So that's, and that's kind of how, yeah. Like that's a big claim, right? Like to say that you're, you're going to double, I guess, so double whatever they're paying you. So if it's a thousand bucks a month, then you, you would double that to 24,000 bucks that you'd give them back. Yeah. Well, no, I would, if they didn't, if they didn't grow their baseline revenue by that, 
like their profits or whatever, if they didn't grow up by that, then so we'd pick the numbers, what it is, depending on what they're measuring, because a lot of people don't measure their numbers specifically, so we can get right. into full. <laughs> but, but basically what it is, is double the investment. So any investment, I would say this, if you're going to make an investment, you expect return, right? Right. And so that, what I say is you guaranteed the return on your investment, so you can't lose. And, and that's, yeah, that's what it is. So then you go like that. And, and I've never had to pay anybody money back. I've had situations where we haven't doubled, but right. the, the business is in a way better position. And the, the year after they had a tremendous increase because sometimes it takes a while to get things in place, depending on where they're at. But for the most part, it's, I mean, my average is a 56% increase year over year with a new client. That's then it amazing. sometimes drops a little bit lower after that, but yeah. That's, anyways, that's, that's pretty that's, amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, Craig, you're obviously successful. You're obviously doing a good job with people. You have like helped people and you're not only just helping individuals. Now you're at the point where you're helping build teams. So this obviously I think is going to become one of those things where, um, as I brainstorm with you here before the call and kind of like in my own head as all the best places and things happen in my head, um, whether or not they come to fruition is the other thing. But, um, you know, I think that like, time with CC coach Craig is going to become a thing um, as we go forward, as long as you're down to do it. So um, what are the, the couple things that you start with when you sit down with a new, a new client or do you call them clients? You call them mentees or mentors? Clients, clients. clients. Yeah. So um, when you see friends with, after, so that's like, friends after yeah. that's, that's actually really the best. It's actually, it's hundred percent true. Yeah. Every one of my clients, I would consider a friend. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you sit down with your friends or friends to be, and um, where do you start? Like, what what are the say? Let's like today. Let's cover the two biggest things that you would want to start with somebody. So say you're going to coach me or you're going to coach one of my students or whatever. When you sit down with them, what's the first thing you do? I mean, I like so this is kind of broken down because I always like to get an idea. So what I always would go through, I have a, a process that I go through. So I go through my process on all the questions. Like, so basically I understand where they're, where they're at, like what their numbers are at. I understand what they're doing in their business. So I have a, a big list of questions that I go over. So I get them to fill this out. So they get to think about it. Then we go over it together. So that would be the understanding. So I'm not just coming in saying whatever I'm, I'm getting all the information about where they're at, where they're coming from, what right. they're doing, what they're not doing. Uh, I like to find out what their three most important things are. Like a question I like to ask is at the end of this year, if this was December 31st, 2021 today, what would need to happen in your business for you to be happy? So we kind of get an idea. And so I have a lot of stuff that happens, but to simplify it to two things, like you asked, cause I want to not just say it's two things, but the, the first thing is where are we going? So that's the most things get clarity on what you want. Yeah. Um, and if you have an outcome or desired outcome, that's what we want to focus on because then we can reverse engineer everything else to work to get towards that outcome. Yeah, like yeah. if you want to make a million dollars versus making 500,000 versus making 50 or whatever, those are far different outcomes and you're going to have to do far different things based off of that. Right. So it's really getting clarity on what that is. And sometimes it's an annual goal, 12 month goal. Sometimes it's like three years down the road. So depending on where they're at is we start there is with an outcome. Okay. If this is what you want, then we need to do these things. And the second thing, so first thing is getting clarity on what they want, what their outcome is, as Tony Robbins always says. And the second thing is what is the first step? So, you know, if you want to eat an elephant, how do you need an elephant? 
one bite at a time? How do you run a marathon? We, you know, one mile at a time or one step at a time. And it's the same thing as like, what is the first thing we can do that's going to positively impact, you know, to get to our outcome. So for some people, it's a, it's a positive step. It's like, okay, we got to do this. We got to do more proactive stuff. Some people it's getting rid of stuff. So it all depends on, and I always say this is the first step is all dependent where they're at. So like when you coach me swimming, help me out with swimming is your, I was using the analogy with my clients when they bring on people training is like some people, when they come in, they're a novice. Like, so for me as a swimmer, I was like a baby crawling, maybe relative to swimming. And you're like the sprinting at the swimming level. Maybe not now because you're old and washed up, but But I mean, you're, you're at a sprinting level in regards to your knowledge, your ability. So you, but for you to teach me, you have to come down to my level right? Because if you don't come down there, you can say all this other stuff, but it will never resonate with me because I, I only understand the basic stuff because yeah. I'm only crawling. So I always come down to their level. What do they need to be able to get them to go up a little bit more? So you come down and you work at that level. And so it's some tangible steps that we can work on. And, and a lot of times, like I said, most of the times it's people removing stuff because, you know, it's the old analogy, if you've got an anchor down your boat, you can only go so fast. So the, the easiest way to go faster is to pull up the anchor. So yeah. we need to remove some of the obstacles that are stopping you and hindering you from, you know, progressing and moving forward and hitting your goals. So, yeah. So, so that, that one's really interesting to me because, um, I, well, I, first of all, I appreciate that process, right? That going through and asking the questions because I've heard and I've had experiences with coaches that just like, they think they have their, their plan set in place and they just dive headlong in. You're like, man, I'm six steps ahead of you on this one. I've lived through what you're talking about and it's not, we're not playing well together already. Um, Cause they have their motive and their, their drive. So it's really cool that you, you have that process. How, like, was that part of your teachings or did you have to figure that out by yourself? I mean, I think it was. And with Carl, the way he did it, like I learned, differently and i i found i was more successful when i followed my own path so i still listen to him still mentor him still do stuff but i follow my own path and do my own thing right so he's still a mentor to me and there's lots of things i take from him but i created my own i have my own ownership and for me by doing that when i understood that that allowed me to be such a better coach because then it was really about i don't care i don't have an agenda I know what most people need to do in their business or to do whatever I, I can see it. Right. Um, I always use the analogy as like when you were in high school as your buddy was dating a girl and you knew she was terrible. They were terrible for each other. You could see it, but they had no idea they were in it. Right. right. So it's kind of like that. And, and so that's the one thing is once I realized that though, and I realized all I want to focus on was helping them achieve their goals. So my agenda meant nothing. If I could help them achieve their goals, yeah. then it was success. And, and that's the way, like, kind of like we said, instead of me saying, we got to do this because this is what I do. I mean, I'll tell them if it's experienced this situation, I've worked with clients and we've done this, but I'm never, ever too proud or think I know everything. I learned so much from the coaches that I, or the clients that I work with because of how they do things and what they do. And I kind of take that in and add that to my toolbox. Yeah. Um, but that's, yeah, that's kind of, I, I learned it over time. And I think as I've got more comfortable, I used to say I was a mortgage broker coach. Now I say I coach mortgage brokers to build businesses. And so it's, it's evolved over time. And I think that's as much as I've evolved as a coach and, you know, with clients and then just learning through learning through books, through study, through everything as well. So, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's cool. Okay. So then um, the second part of was um, with these 
clients when you're having to have that slightly awkward conversation about like cutting the chaff, um, like the things that are weighing them down, the things that are, are holding them in place. To me, that would be kind of awkward because I've had this conversation when I was with my my network marketing business. You know, I'm on stage with my business partner. We're talking about how to do some self improvement, how to grow your business, how to be more successful, and we've had people go like, "I've got these people in my life, and they're really like negative." And you know, like we looked at each other, me and my partner, and we're like, "Maybe you shouldn't be around them anymore." Right, and it's really easy to say. So, what's your process there? Like, how do you actually go ahead and and kill that um, or drop that bomb on somebody that like maybe you need to get rid of this from your life? I, basically, I mean, it's it's a bunch of questions. So, it's really understanding. We always tie it back to like, what do they want? So that's why I always get clarity on what they want, and then tie it back to there. You know, you can go back to Simon Sinek, start with why. So why do you want that? What's important to you? So you build a whole bunch of compelling reasons why they want what they want. And then you ask them, does that help you or hurt you? And I never tell them. I just ask questions. As I say, I'm not really good at telling people what to do. I'm really good at asking questions and getting them to tell me what they should do. And so I'm not trying to convince them or push anything that goes back to me, not pushing anything down their throat. If they ask me, like they'll say, I'm paying you. I need you to tell me what to do. I'll be like, okay, this is what I think you should do. But that doesn't carry a lot of weight because that's me telling you what I think you should do. You need to be self-motivated. So how do you get self-motivated? You have a clear, 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 like clarity on what you want. Yeah. That was a tough one to get out. But also <laughs> you you need to have a why, a why behind it. Why is that motivating to be able to do it? And once you do that, then it's going to be a lot easier to take action and to, to do what you want. So, you know, that's, I just go through the facts. I don't beat around the bush. I say, okay, well, if this is what you want and you're doing this, hang out with these people or you're wasting your time doing this, does that, is that going to help you get to that goal that you want? And the obvious answer is like, no, but I don't tell them that's stupid what you're doing. Like I don't make it, you know, it's crystal clear, but I don't tell them that I get them to tell me. And why is that not going to help you? So what yeah. is the negative behind it? What are the, what are the, the hurt, the emotional trauma behind it? So what is the emotional reason why you're not? So they'll say, well, because it, I get, you know, let's say if you were drinking a lot, I have no idea. Let's or bad people you're around, like, well, it puts me in negative headspace. Okay. Well then your negative headspace. Does that, make you better or worse when you try and talk to clients well it makes me worse so why does it make you worse well just because my mind's not in the right, you know whatever it may be and you kind yeah. of go down that path and so they really see crystal clear and the light bulb a lot of time goes off and then we don't really have that question too much anymore and we may go back and you may kind of drift into it but if and then say like you're paying me to help you to get to here so we need to if that's what you want and you acknowledge this is not helping you or benefiting you what are you going to do? Like if yeah. you're, if you're not going to change that, then I'm probably not the best person for you to coach you. Cause I won't be able to get you where you want to go. If you're going to change that. And it's kind of like, I would say it's kind of the challenger sales. A good way to put it is you challenge them to either step up or to bow out. And for me, I would say this, I only want to work with people who are motivated. Yeah. It's so much easier to work with motivated people. Like yeah. I imagine you for like when, you know, you coach people in swimming or when you were, you know, swimming yourself, you are probably so easy to work with because you're motivated to want to get better and better and better. And so that's what I try and do too, is all my clients, I just pick motivated people. So it's so much easier to be successful. I'm not fighting with them or yeah. like, it's so much easier to be successful. Oh, for sure. I mean, the, the internal drive is 
is necessary to be able to get up and, and do the things that you need to do every day. So that's really so, cool. Yeah. So I, I think that like, I'd love to, to dive into in a future, a future day, like coming up with the why, because that's something that's, that is definitely a challenge. So we'll, we'll bookmark that one. Um, and because we're going to have you back, um, I, I think that we'll wrap today's call with the standard two questions for everybody. So the first one is always, um, is there anything that like, popped in your mind that you're like, Oh, I got to come back to that or that you want to get off your chest for today. <laughs> yeah. My, no, I don't, I don't know. I no popped in my mind. No, I don't know nothing. Cause I don't know. Yeah. It's all good. I've got nothing. I've got yeah, nothing. Well, I mean, we, blank. we didn't, we didn't roll into this with like a big motive or, or agenda. So that's kind of like the nice thing with, with this call. The second thing, and this is the same question for everybody is if you could talk to yourself as a, a younger person, right? Like, so it's a high school student, or if you could talk to yourself as, um, as a younger adult, you know, the guy that's going, going to college and doing that business stuff, doing sales. Um, what would you say to yourself? Like, what, what did, what did you need to hear then that you know now, but you didn't know that? I would say, a couple things. First off would be focus on the skills. So skill acquisition and learning over salary. So that was like for work, I would take a job that paid more, but I would not focus on like, what is the skills that I'm learning? So really focus on that and understanding the skill development because you compound those skills over time. Sure. You can make an extra $10,000 a year with a job or whatever, but if you're not gaining skills, you know, you're maybe not you know, your upside could be by learning this, this, and this, you maybe make a little bit less money, but your upside could be a whole bunch more on the back end, right? So focus really on skill development and make those decisions based off of that. And I, I don't think I did a lot of terrible decisions, but it would have made the decisions a lot easier because it would have been like cut and dry. Like, no, this is going to help me because I'm going to learn this, this, and this, right? So I think that was the one thing. And the other thing would be invest in real estate. <laughs> Just invest in real estate. Just buy real estate, buy land. Land is always going to go up in value. So that would be another thing. <laughs> but but I think, and continue to learn, like learn more, um, take more personal development stuff. Like I remember my one teacher when I was, or coach manager, he, he kind of taught me, brought me under his wing and taught me when I was younger, Wayne Reynolds. And he always said like, you know, go do Toastmasters, go do, and I, a Toastmasters, he said that. I'm like, what the heck is Toastmasters? I didn't know what, I thought it was like, you go there and you make toast. Like it's like a breakfast yeah. club. I did not know what it was. He never explained it to me. It was before the internet. Sorry guys, you couldn't really look it up. And I had no idea. And that's one thing I, I always wish I would have taken. I, I'm, it's one of my things that I'm going to take. And, but uh, I was like being a better speaker. When you look at a guy like Warren Buffett, that's one of the things that he always talked about is a uh, public speaking course that he took Andrew Carnegie course that he took on yeah. public speaking. And he said that dramatically changed his whole life. And so when you have a guy like Warren Buffett say that, who is very successful, then, you know, you got to listen, but that would be one thing is, is do more of those, those things, which instead of going out and hanging with the buddies when you're 23 years old is do that kind of stuff. Cause that's going to be, it's going to set you up for so much more success later on down the road. So. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks, Craig. Um, this is like a great start and I'm really excited to keep it going because I think that in that brain of yours and that big dome, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely a lot of stuff going on and I think it's going to be, it, you're going to teach me definitely more than I'm going to teach my students, but we're going to pass it on down the line.
I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Rich. I appreciate you having me on and I'm excited to help out. Yeah, totally. Thanks.